0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and join me once again is Sohegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm so good, Joe. Thanks. How are you? You
0: know, I'm hanging in there. Uh, we made it through, uh, I, I don't know, the first day of field hockey season. not really the first weekend, uh, it feels like. Uh, no, at least yeah, the first day. I mean...
1: Some, some reschedules, but I don't know. I think there was only one game that happened on Saturday. Whether that was a reschedule or not, I don't know.
0: But we, we, we're, we're, uh, We've at least got some, some games to talk about this week. Uh, some other things to go over as well. Uh, but, you know, before we get into that, uh, I want to remind you that you can send any questions and feedback by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at NHHS Sports. And the Field Hockey Show will be posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com. However, uh, that schedule is going to change a little bit next week just because of uh, Labor Day. Uh, We will be putting the show out uh, on the website on Tuesday. So um, if you wake up Monday morning and and go looking for it and it's not there, that's why. We'll, We'll give everybody an extra day to rest there. You don't have to worry about... Uh, catching up on the podcast. How's that sound?
1: I love it. I'm ready. I the weather is going to be great. It's going to be a good Labor Day weekend.
0: I certainly hope so. All right. Also, want to remind everyone, uh, we are looking for sponsors for the podcast for for this fall. Uh, although we love what we do at nh-highschoolsports.com, uh, we can't pay the bills with pats on the backs and attaboys So, if you're a fan of the show and or know someone who would like to promote their business on the podcast, maybe even your own business. Uh, please get in touch by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com. Uh, and and we have, uh, or is this going to be a recurring segment now? Because um, from what I understand, our our lost and found bit from last week uh, actually was very successful.
1: To my to my surprise, <laughs> the lost and found segment was huge. I was I was at practice and I had Taylor McKinnon's. Uh, corner mask from the jamboree and lo and behold a londonderry mum rolled up and said hey can i grab that mask and i was beyond shocked that <laughs> that uh that the segment had worked so coaches if you find any random items on your field and you want us to help locate the owners feel free to shoot us an email and and we'll do our best to to help get that back to the rightful owner
0: our our reach is much farther than uh, than you thought
1: who knew <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. Well, that's, I, well, I mean, that's a, that's good. That story had a, had a happy ending, I guess. Um, you
1: oh, I loved it. It was a yeah. great, it was a great afternoon at the field. I was ecstatic.
0: Well, uh, the first thing that I, I want to jump into, um, this week is, um, the preseason coaches poll. Uh, if in case you didn't notice, uh, last Friday, we posted, uh, the top 10 to open the season, um, preseason top 10. Um, you know, it's, a, a Kind of like what we've done in the past. If you if you follow any of the lacrosse coverage in the spring, um, we have uh, boys and girls uh, coaches polls in the spring. Well, last year we started this uh, with field hockey, doing it again this year. I have a few more coaches voting this year, so I hope uh, I think that'll give us some uh, truer outcomes, um, so to speak. Uh, but this week we had, or this past Friday, was the first preseason poll. It'll be something that's up on the site every Monday, so not something we're always going to be able to talk about just because, you know, it, it, by the time uh, the podcast comes out, the poll will be coming out a few hours later. So we'll mention it probably every once in a while. But th- with this week, um, you had Exeter taking the, uh, the number one spot, which is where they ended the year last year, of course, winning uh, the Division One title. Uh, they were number one with, uh, with five first-place votes. Wyndham came in at number two. Four first place votes for them. Uh, Dover was three, getting one per first place vote. Winnicott at four, also with one first place vote. John Stark, the top uh, Division two team in the poll, uh, at number five. Pinkerton, uh, number six. Um, kind of, I, I thought I had them in my top ten to start the year. Um, I don't think I had them sixth, but um, just an in, that's an interesting spot to me. Uh, but they all, and they also got a first place vote. Sauhegan at number seven. Uh, Bishop Girton at eight, Portsmouth nine, and then Concord rounding out the top 10. And then we had like another dozen teams in the uh, others receiving votes category, which uh, I'll, I'll, you know those are on the site. I'll let you take a look at those if you're interested. But uh, what what did you think of that top 10?
1: It's always a tough, like the preseason top 10, I think is always the hardest, right? You're sure. basing off of what happened, what, nine months ago? Um, to start it and then you know everything you've seen through the summer it's always a tough it's always a tough thing as a coach to come up with but um, I don't I'll be I wouldn't be too shocked to see if that kind of held true for the first couple weeks in the season here and I'm excited for those you know half a dozen teams or whatever that got mentioned on the outskirts to prove themselves to be worthy of the top 10 I think this year is going to be a really exciting year
0: yeah, it, it was... Um, I had a hard time. I mean, it's a hard, you're right, it is a hard thing to do anyways, because you're just going off of, honestly, your best guess. Um, you know, a, a, fa- a factor of, you know, what did you see over the summer? Who, what do you know who's returning where? Um, but yeah, I will say that this was a tough one, because I feel like, especially in Division One, there's not a lot of separation. You know, certainly... You know, you've got some of those teams that are going to be a little bit better than than you know your your top maybe two or three four teams, you know, and then and you'll end up in tiers. But right now, I, I mean, I I think it's a, a flip of the coin who you want to say between I'd say five six seven teams who who could end up winning it in in Division One this year.
1: For sure, and then especially like after we went through all the preseason stuff with D one and D two last week, it seemed like the trend was it was uh. uh a lot of teams that had a bunch of returners and then a lot of teams that graduated a ton. Yeah. So, you know, that, that unsureness of are those teams that have a bunch of returners that might not have been starters going to be able to step up and prove themselves or is the, you know, program history of those that graduated a bunch enough to, to kind of get them through and keep it going.
0: Uh, I was a little interested to see too that the top um, the the d- three D two teams that were in the top ten were the three that um, you know that we, we kind of had at the top of, of Division two last year as well and Stark South and, and, and Portsmouth uh, you know that no one else um, I'm trying to think now I, I know now I'm drawing a blank on all the teams like Kennett, uh, we talked a lot about them last week um, you know no one like that kind of crept in there.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I mean, Stark Stark's kind of undeniable in a top ten right now. Sure, the, absolutely. The success they had last year, coupled with the youth that got that done and what they're returning, I mean, you're it's undeniable that they're a top ten. And then I think you know both Sohegan and Portsmouth have longstanding traditions of always finding a way to be in that conversation, so that doesn't surprise me. And then you know you get a team like Kennett where. I forget who I was talking to this week, but in my... I mean, I've been coaching at Sohegan since '09. so math that one out for me. What's that, 14 years? Ah, uh, Yeah,
0: that sounds right.
1: Yeah, we've never played Kennet in a regular season that's, game. That's crazy. But somehow they're always in the playoffs with us. Right, yeah. So, like, teams like that, like, it's just such a... such a, a weird travel situation in the Division II. Like, you, you never really... You don't really know, but Kenneth is, is a team that's kind of always in that conversation as well.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy that you can go that yeah, long I know. without playing somebody. Um, well, but I feel like you've still played them a lot over the years, like that you, you've you matched up with them a lot in the playoffs.
1: Right, yeah, but it's always been playoffs, which is that's, scary, yeah. right? Like you never <laughs> – I'd rather play a team in the playoffs that we've seen before than, <laughs> than <laughs> one we haven't.
0: Uh well, um, you know, th- it was uh, I we we did uh, the previews last week because it, it's at the time it seemed like there were a lot of games that were going to be on that first Friday, and I know some stuff got rescheduled, uh, but the big chunk of games from Friday, uh, you know, we're we're in Division Two, uh, and uh, you know, let's let's start with uh, with your win um, over Lebanon there that the two one overtime victory on the road, um, you know kind of gray and cloudy day I I, you know you told me earlier it wasn't raining during the game uh, but I'm I'm assuming it had rained at some point you know previously Um, but just watching the video of the of your game winning goal there I mean it must have been to start a season like that must have been a little more uh, nerve-wracking than you wanted
1: yeah my heart was beating faster than I wanted it to for sure but I mean that was such a great example for both teams of of you know what a game day should feel like and and the stuff that gets you out of bed in the morning right like you wake up it's game day that's the feeling that you that you want to have um i i wish we didn't have to take it to overtime but <laughs> um but it, it it was such a cool atmosphere it was such a well played game on both sides really respectful um you know both teams were were competing really hard um and yeah, to end it in the fashion that we did in overtime, on a stroke, um, was just really cool, right? You like to see a, a, a big-time moment like that from um, junior Caitlin Ridings, you know, her first year on varsity, stepping up and just absolutely taking the moment and, and burying a stroke in, in a place you want all your shooters to put it. Um, was a really cool, was a really cool thing, um, you know, and going into that game, So we, we started three freshmen on the field. So getting them that experience and just, you know, helping them grow and and recognize like, Hey, you know, this is, this is what, this is how intense these games can get um, is amazing. And then watching our, our senior leadership carry them through. It was, it was, it was a really fun feeling. And uh, uh, Amanda, the lead coach and I were talking for a while afterwards about, you know, just what a great game it was and, and the feeling the feeling of both teams after, like just an awesome, an awesome way to start the season for sure.
0: And it sounded like too, that their goalie played uh, out of her mind at times. uh, (laughs) Keep it it one, one for, for the entire second half.
1: Yeah. Their goalie was, was lights out. She came up huge for them. Um, We had 12 corners in the second half alone, coupled with another half dozen in the first um, so I think you know at the end of the game she had 30 plus saves. Wow. And was was absolutely huge for them. Their defense did a great job of packing the circle and really kind of packing the goal line too, um, and definitely pulled more than a couple off um, to keep them in it. And then. Um, I think it was Mackenzie Ray, their number, uh, number 13, um, who scored their lone goal, like really kind of unchallenged in our defensive circle. So, you know, she, she took the opportunity that she had and buried that one. So, um, I think she was probably the the player that gave us the most trouble on the field, but yeah, their, their goalie was, was the player of the game. I think for um, sure.
0: Megan Cheevers, is that sound right? (laughs)
1: Uh, yes.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, and I believe yeah. she's uh first year starter for them on varsity too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I Ashley Ashley Blaylock, their their goalie that graduated last year was a fantastic goaltender. So to see to see this new goalie step up and and definitely take the reins was awesome. Mm. Um, you know, really well played game on both sides, and you know, obviously happy we came out with the win, but. <laughs> But always helps just as a field hockey
0: fan a great way to start the season. yeah I uh, I also I didn't see the whole game but I was at the um, at Goffstown for uh, for another overtime game um, with the the Grizzlies and, and Derryfield field uh, opening up their uh, Goffstown's first night game uh, on their turf uh, which you know as a, a sidebar I mean holy crap I, I don't know if you've been over there yet but it is fantastic this the setup there. Um, the the turf looks fantastic. The the nice, it, it's got just that nice crisp color to it. Um, if that mm. makes sense, and yep. the the logo, um, you know the you know sometimes you throw the logo out there, maybe it's too small or it's just it looks weird. But no, the Grizzly G looks like nice right in the center of the field, um, and the press box is insane. Uh uh, you know they kind of i don't know if you remember what they had there before it was it was a good sized press box but it was kind of more like you know a shed of a press box on the inside mm-hmm. this is it's like they built another press box on top of the previous press box
1: yeah, um, I saw the pictures you posted, I saw, and then you texted me about, like, you know, just this new layout, and then to see it in the pictures yeah. you posted, I was like, oh, man. Well, and... I'm
0: I'm a little mad at myself, so I got there. I mean, and and this is, you know, been covering high school sports for how many years, and, and you know, coming from, from when I was in college covering college teams, and you go to, a, you know, a, I was covering Division One football and basketball there you go to games and like there's a whole media spread and I mean football games were at Pitt's football games were at Heinz Field where you'd show up for a noon game and they'd have breakfast laid out like buffet style I'm eating you know bacon (laughs) and sausage and eggs you know better than I I ate you know in my dorm um you know high school sports (laughs) you don't get that anywhere well so I I got to the game and I'm like I'll go check out the press box after the game well after the game I'm look up and they're bringing pizza out of the press box. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's there was food up there. How did I? How did no one tell me there was food in there?
1: You didn't. Huff didn't give you the press I didn't pass give me the, to the heads up. To the pizza you know? room? Yeah, I'm, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, the other thing, they now uh, they now lead the lead the state in uh, in number of flat screen TVs in their press box as well. Uh, I okay. was I was pretty impressed by that. Uh, but it's it's two levels. Like I, I'm just two levels and they're nice like finished levels you know like it's not you know um, looks like the inside of a garage or anything
1: awesome as a goth town I mean as I I graduated from goth town and in the mid 90s that field was nothing but like trees where we went and launched rockets in like our physics class or something so (laughs) you know we used to have to go down practice at lion's field so to see them come this way and you know you know uh, build the additions on the building they have and then have this beautiful turf. I'm excited. We play there this year. I'm really excited to go play on it. Yeah.
0: It's a Friday. You have a Friday night game there, right?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. It's um, the, the humidity and the weather on Friday made it kind of a little, little foggy uh, on one end of the field, but um, you know, added to the the ambiance, I think. Um, But yeah, it was already a great place to watch a game. um, And I think it's, that's going to make it even better. Um, yeah,
1: and I think it's a fun matchup for both of those teams too in the first yeah. game. I mean, you know, obviously like hindsight we know it ended in a in a scoreless tie in overtime, but I think those are two like really evenly matched teams, you know, goffstown has got Sam Derry to to carry them and dairyfield has got Kennedy Overhoff and and watching those two teams match up against each other and I know, you know, what they've gotten goal as well. It I it must have been a really exciting game to be at Yeah,
0: that like I said, I, I got there around halftime. Um so that third quarter, Goffstown kinda dominated. Um had a number of corners, kept the ball in Derryfield's end for, for long stretches, and uh and, and Jess Avalon, um Derryfield's goalie and along with their defense, uh Courtney Wald, uh Kenzie Miller, um you know, I'm I'm not sure on all of their names who was out there, but um, their defense and their goalie played outstanding to keep Goffstown off the board. Uh, And then when the fourth quarter started, Derryfield kind of made its push. Um, Had a couple of corners and had a couple of good chances, but didn't put the ball on on goal as much. Um, You know, didn't really get, it didn't have like that one moment where you're like, oh, they just missed. But they had more of the, uh, controlled more play in the fourth quarter. And then Goffstown kind of controlled the overtime. Um, again, had a couple of corners, and, and Derryfield's defense came up big. Uh, they just couldn't figure out a way uh, way through. And then you could just kind of see, you know, as, as overtime wore on. And they're they're both teams are trying to get kids in and out, just try to get fresh legs out there. But you could just tell that, that everybody was tired and um, just not enough legs to get that one push to, to get a good scoring opportunity.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Especially that early in the season, a 10 minute 7v7. I mean, you don't have a lot of opportunity to practice that when you've only had a week and a half of, you know, practice and tryouts to begin with. So, for both teams to be able to at least put it out there and and hold each other and not have that one team that has that. Cuz really it just take it just takes one, right? Like Sure. Golden goal, you just need that one that one really good opportunity, so um well, that's good. Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching both of them for sure.
0: That's kind of what I was thinking there in the, in the fourth quarter after Goffstown had had all those chances. Then all of a sudden Derryfield came back and put pressure on them. It was like, oh, you miss out on all those opportunities, and then you just give up that one goal. And that's, that's incredibly frustrating. Uh, but it, yeah. it did, didn't end up happening. Um, they played to a, a scoreless tie. Um, the other games, uh, D2, you had Kingswood with a 3 nothing win over Conval. Um and then um, a game that I kind of I flew under my radar, um, the uh, Kennett with a 2-1 win on the road at Oyster River. Um, you know, two teams that we kind of felt might have a shot at being, you know, certainly top eight, maybe even top four teams in the, in the division this year. So that's a, a huge win for Kennett to open the season. And then uh, on Saturday, uh, Pelham goes up to Hanover and gets a one nothing win. Um so that's a huge win for Pelham to start the year.
1: Yeah, big big for Pelham and we had I don't, I don't even know if you know this but I had some secret boots on the ground in in Hanover <laughs> oh, for that okay. <laughs> <laughs> for that Pelham Hanover game. So um I'll be curious to see what Pelham does as the season progresses. I think they have the I think they have all the pieces. They'll they'll do well to put some more pressure inside the circle, I think. Um you know, the, the one goal that they scored um wasn't necessarily a finesse goal as much as it was like a, you know, well timed you know, well timed trickle in and and I think if they I think if they pack the circle a little bit more with some offensive players, they're gonna see some more offensive success as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, some interesting games coming up with those teams for sure, but we will uh we'll we'll, we'll save the look ahead until uh till the end of the show. So I'll give you Something to look forward to, or 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 stick around for, I guess. Um, you know, it's only two other games uh, on Friday. You had one Division One game with with Bedford uh, getting a four nothing win over um, Manchester Central West, which I I was told uh, they don't technically have a real nickname. Um, that they they just pretty much call themselves Central West. Uh, huh. So I'm gonna propose we start calling them. Um, Little green blue knights. Just, I know it's a mouthful, but I, okay. I think it's kind of funny. Um, I'm, little I'm green here for Nights. it. Yeah, okay. Um, or I, don't know I do what wonder
1: date. what that mascot would look like, though.
0: A little green blue. Well, what a what a blue and green make when you combine them. Uh, I'm I'm not. A up hot up to, I'm not up I don't to, know. Yeah, I'm not up to date on my colors. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what's well, like what was uh what was one of the other ones that was really a really good one was um. One of the hockey ones wasn't like Trinity and Brady, like the giant pioneers or something like that.
1: Oh, I don't know. I
0: think so. I feel like it was, it was,
1: that think... sounds that, that terrifies me. A giant <laughs> pioneer. No, thanks. No.
0: Um, um, yeah. I don't, don't have too much uh, detail on that um, central West and Bedford game. Other than uh, central West goal goalie, Chloe Guilford had uh, 23 saves in that one for, for central West.
1: Well, wow, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that Bedford was able to put a bunch of shots on. You know, they're a team that's always kind of known for having that, yeah. having speed up front. Um, and if you don't catch him in transition, they'll make you pay for it.
0: Uh and then uh one uh one division three game where you had uh Kearsarge getting a four nothing win over Manadnock, Kearsarge got a, a hat trick from uh from Tori Montagna. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, you had a bunch of freshmen playing. Uh, they also had a bunch of freshmen getting uh, an opportunity to play uh, in that one. Um, and I know they're uh, – we'll, we'll get into it as we do the preview, but they're a team that uh, has, I think, some high hopes for this season with, uh, um, you know, maybe more returning players this year than they'd had in the past. Kearsarge, I mean.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like this is the good jumping off point for the D three for the D three preview, right? Kearsarz <laughs> is returning, I think, eight starters, seven or eight starters.
0: That sounds um, about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that I mean that bodes well for them to be able to to hit the ground running with chemistry and um and an understanding of how they want to play the game. Um and then, you know, M-Nadnock, um Manadnock's got a short a short bench, but if their if their bench can handle things, I think they'll they'll go pretty they'll go pretty far. Um, a lot of freshmen on Manadnock's team, though, six freshmen. Um, so we'll you know we'll see as the season progresses what they're able to do.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like their their strength is maybe going to be on the back end. I mean, I know, I know it's tough to look at after giving up a, a couple goals in your first game, but. Uh, their goalie, uh, Michaela Harwood, I think is probably uh, the player to watch there, um, you know, expecting to have a big year from her. And then like you said, yeah, Kearsarge um, looking at their lineup, um, three seniors and four juniors back. Um, that's a, a good amount of experience to have. And, and you know, a couple of those, uh, the goalie uh, Luna Landers uh, returning as well, is um, and then a couple other defenders, that's kind of where you 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 built want to build things right is from the back end out if you're going to have kids returning that's the place to oh, have them
1: absolutely offense stems from good defense so if you can have a strong back end that will feed up your you know midfield and forwards to be able to go put the ball in the back of the net the sky's the limit for teams that are able to do that
0: uh so i i would say though i mean we're looking at um yeah like, like we're just saying division three preview um you know, the teams to beat um, maybe look a little familiar from, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, Guilford, of course, winning last year's championship um, with an undefeated season. Uh, they've got a new coach this year, a uh, couple of returning starters, bunch of returning players. Um, you know, and then the team that they beat in the final, uh, Bishop Brady, who, I mean, really the last couple of years it's been like, you know, Death Taxes and Bishop Brady in the Division 3 final. Um, they just come out of nowhere. They were the seventh seed last year, made it all the way to the championship game. I think two years ago, they were the sixth seed, made it to the final. Uh, and they've got a, a b- pretty big uh, returning class, including their goalie, uh, Ava Archambault, who I believe is a sophomore, and then some really good players up front, uh, Kimball Rose and Laura Yap are the two that, that kind of stand out uh, to me.
1: Yeah, and I think you know right behind them are going to be uh, is the team from from Newfound, um, who returns a whole bunch of a whole bunch of people, including three All State players, um, to kind of anchor their team. So I expect that they'll make some noise in D three as well.
0: Yeah, and they've they've been in the mix. Um, I'm trying to remember where they have f- probably should have probably should have looked this up before you started, Joe. Uh, were they a Final Four team last year? I, I can't rem- remember off the t- I, believe, I believe they might have been. Of course, I say that, and they're not going to be. But uh, obviously, both uh, Brady and, and – uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, they weren't. Uh, Newport was the uh, Final Four, and uh, right. so was Messenic. Uh, and those two teams, I think, could easily be back there. Uh, Newport graduated, I think, just two players from a year ago. Uh, lost, um, you know, some talented kids, but they've got a large returning group coming back. Um, you know, you look at, uh, Muscoma, uh, they gave Guilford a pretty good run in the quarterfinals last year. They have a ton of returners, um, including, uh, a a senior that I, I was fortunate enough to get to know a little bit last year, did a story on her, uh, Gabby Pierce, who's their, uh, their goalie going into her second year. Uh, as the starter, she actually was, uh, as a freshman, was a member of the football team at Muscoma. Uh, actually, and I, I think as a sophomore, too. And then last year, uh, her friends on the field hockey team talked her into coming out to play field hockey because the team needed a goalie. And uh, yeah. she was like, okay, I'll I'll come play goal.
1: Yeah, I remember talking about her last year, and that was just such a cool such a cool story for her her and her team really right like you come out there you know no expectations sure I'll give this a try with my friends and then you end up in the fight you know you know you end up taking your team to the final four and and have a great time doing so so I'll be I'll be excited to see how her senior year goes now with that you know initial success she saw with the team in front of her and they return a ton of people in front of her as well. So yeah, um, I think that's one to watch for sure.
0: Certainly. Uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, they return enough that I don't know if I'd call them maybe my, my dark horse to go on a run. Um, I certainly think they could. Uh, the team that I'm kind of intrigued by um, is, is Conan. Um, they do have a new coach this year. They've got a small roster. They had a, a, a small roster last year too, but I believe they only lost one um, senior. Uh, they were, you know, made a, made it to the quarterfinals. Came up short against, uh, you know, a rival in Masenik. Uh, had the opportunity to make it out to that quarterfinal game, and you know, my first time going out that way for for one of those games, and, and it was, it was quite the crowd. I don't know if you've ever been to Masenik. The field is is on like the top of a hill. Um, so it's, it's an interesting kind of setup. Um, but like I said, they've, they've got a roster of like eight or nine seniors. Um, you know, so this is, and then after that, it's, um, you know, things are going to be kind of interesting. They, they've got a couple fresh or a couple sophomores. Um, so things, this is kind of like make or break, I would think for them. Um, you know, but, but definitely got a lot of returners, a lot of experience. So they're a team that I would definitely keep an eye on.
1: Yeah. And what, from what coach says to their seniors all started playing together in sixth grade. So, you know, six years of history and, and this is the yeah. time to, you know, make it happen. So I, I would imagine this team's going to come out hungry. So I think you're right. That's a, that sounds like a really good dark horse. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with that one then. Good job, Joe. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are there, uh, any other teams that that kind of um, that you've got a, an eye on uh, in in Division Three that maybe we haven't mentioned?
1: Um, I mean, I think Berlin is kind of like the the D three version of of Kennet for me. Maybe like they're always so far away, you never really know what to expect from them. But they're they've always been really well coached and can always put together um, run it things. So I'll be curious to see what Berlin can do.
0: Yeah, they they lost a couple kids, um, but have some starters or some uh varsity players returning. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. And and it's one of those I was you know, I was going over some of the the D3 schedule too, like you know, I I try to figure out what what games could I possibly go to and uh if D3 field hockey is is just tough to try to figure out where to go. I mean, I I I think I don't remember if I mentioned it before or not, but I'm coming from from Nashua, and really the closest D three teams to me are, are Bishop Brady and Masenik, which, you know, not really the same distance, but the same time wise away. So it's uh, yeah, it's tough to, it, you know, not only get out to see some of these teams, but yeah, when you're talking about teams that are that far away, that may not even come south of of you know the lakes, um, to play. That's a tough tough to know what's going on.
1: For sure. It's a good reminder for coaches though, to submit your oh, game stats yes. on uh, the website, that's, right?
0: Uh, yes, that is uh yes. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> very, very big, uh, a big help. If, uh, if you're able to do that, um, you know, uh, two other teams um, want to mention too, um, speaking of teams that are, are far away, uh, Littleton, they've uh, another one, another team with a new coach this year. Um, they've looked like they've got a nice group of seniors returning, uh, you know, led by uh, Rebecca Colby, Claire Hennessey, uh, McKenna Reed, and Isabella Sylvia. Um, so there, uh, I know last year, I think when I, I was looking at preseason information, they were a team that was struggling to get numbers. Um, you know, wasn't sure how they were going to get to. I think maybe they had ten like for their first practice. Um, so they were able to you know find enough kids. I think they had to dip into the the maybe the middle school um, to get some kids up. And then uh White Mountains, uh, another team that's um a good ways from here. Looks like they've got um, you know, a nice number returning. Uh, a whole lot of seniors. Uh they were a team that snuck into the playoffs last year. Um, you know, but but certainly enough coming back to to maybe help them take the next step. Well, any other uh any other thoughts on uh on division three? Are you uh What what are you maybe looking forward to uh, coming up here? I
1: am. I'm still like Friday was a good like Friday, Saturday. The games that happened was a good like teaser to the season. But like I am really ready for things to get rolling. Like I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to three, four days of field hockey games every week. So um, I am eager for the season or for the for the week coming up, obviously the season too. But really for the week coming up, because there are a ton of games to look forward to this week.
0: They are uh, Monday, especially. Uh, there are uh, three games on Monday that I've definitely got circled um, that I want to see what the outcome is. Two are in Division One. Um, you know, being Bedford at Pinkerton on Monday, and then Wyndham at Concord. Uh, especially that that Wyndham Concord game, a, a rematch of of the playoffs last year. Uh, in a, a game that Wyndham got two quick goals, I feel like early in the first half, and then Concord you know, dominated play, especially in the second half. Uh cut the lead to to two one, I wanna say with maybe like ten minutes left. Um and just couldn't get that tying goal. Um, you know, so and both teams I, I returning a lot, um, this year. So I feel like it's gonna be a well played, evenly matched game. And the game is at Concord, uh, which is a you know, to me seems like a kind of a weird place to play that field. Um I can't remember what the name of the park is that they play in, but it's like Memorial. Uh, uh, no, they play. I don't think they play at Memorial. They they don't not, play Memorial. No, it's not Memorial. It's like, I want to say it begins with an R like Rollins feet park or something.
1: Oh, okay. So that like sounds, that. that's yeah. a park in Concord. Yeah. That sounds right.
0: <laughs> the field, the field is like sideways on the, on like an out, like partially the outfield of a, a, a baseball or softball field. Oh, wow. Um, yeah and and like it's it's like half of it's in the shade, half of it's not for most of the game and and you know there's parts of it that looked you know the, the last time I was up there, like, I think it had rained recently and it was like kind of muddy. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's an interesting field to play on.
1: It's weird though because like both of those schools have like I feel like a distinct now hearing you describe their field like that's a distinct home that's field a... advantage advantage sure. right like <laughs>
0: well against against maybe any team except maybe Wyndham, because Wyndham's right. field is also
1: um right.
0: not great I was you know I was gonna look up um on the the big teams or schedule star or whatever you call these sites to give you the name of the field but it seems like uh the whole thing is down right now so.
1: That doesn't uh, surprise me. No,
0: no. <laughs> the only thing better is if it was down tomorrow, right?
1: Mm, uh, or which on, Monday, yeah. Which uh, will happen, yeah. and then that <laughs> that
0: um that Bedford Pinkerton game, um you know, we saw yeah. Bedford get off to a great start uh on Friday. Um you know, Pinkerton I I, I think is going is poised for a really big year. Uh so that could be a huge matchup in turn or a huge result in terms of what what seeding comes down the line.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the one I've got an asterisk on too. I'll be I'll be closely watching the outcome
0: of that. Yeah, and then in division three there's a a huge game with you you've got uh Bishop Brady hosting Conant uh on on Monday as well. Um and another another interesting field uh at Brady. Um had a chance to go up there a couple times last year and uh it was uh that was I, I, I. Again, it's almost like let's just draw lines on this hill, and uh, we'll try to play on it. A, a right. Well, uh, they
1: will they play each other in a home and home.
0: I think they do. Yeah. I um, think. I think so too. I don't. Um, actually, no. I take that back. They just play once this year at Brady.
1: Oh well, then I I feel like that's one that might have. You know, it's early in the season to say, but that could actually have some interesting playoff implications as well. yeah
0: especially I mean you know Brady's been a team the last couple of years that gets off to kind of a slow start which is how they've ended up with those uh, lower seeds so uh, yeah that could, that could that's definitely an interesting one those are Monday's games Tuesday uh, you've got a pretty big one Tuesday night hosting Oyster River uh, really interested in that one I, I'm planning to be at that one myself
1: oh we'll have a great time i say i mean i said last week oyster river is one that i'm i am really curious to see i feel like this is a year where they finally have some like really good roots and returners so um i am i would imagine that they're coming to our field hungry and especially coming off of a tight one with kennett they're going to be looking to get on the get on the winning side of things um so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Coach Golding's returning a full starting lineup. So it'll be fun. <laughs>
0: uh, Wednesday, uh, you've got Derry Field going out to Portsmouth, uh, what should be, I think, a, a really good matchup and, and possibly another pretty low scoring game. Um, you know, if, especially if Derry Field is able to play defensively the way they did on, on Friday and, and another uh, playoff rematch. Um, you know, these two met in the quarterfinals, and I think Derryfield had a lead for most of that game. Portsmouth had to come back late and win, to or to win that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, I didn't put this in our, our email, but another uh, big game for Wednesday is uh, Hanover is at Goffstown, uh, also yeah. on Wednesday. So,
1: yeah, that'll be a big one, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thursday, you got uh, Bishop Girton at Wyndham. Um, you know, uh, another one that... Um, like you said about uh, about um, you know the other D one games, it could have some big implications on on what happens further down or who ends up where, you know, at the end of the season. What it could be for you know for tiebreakers and this and that. Um, so looking, that should be an interesting one. Uh, and then on Friday, I'm guessing uh, a lot of school, a lot of uh, schools are out on Friday or maybe haven't even started yet, because there are a bunch of uh, morning games on Friday. Um, you've got Portsmouth playing at Pelham at 11 a.m., uh, Exeter at Timberlane at 10 a.m., and then Londonderry at Winnicott, uh also at 11 a.m. So, yeah,
1: makes sense. Yeah. Get the games over with and then go have a go have a nice Labor Day weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the other um,
1: only only one other game this week too that I I feel like we should definitely mention is uh, on Tuesday, John Stark hosts Hollis Brookline.
0: Right, okay, yeah, how did I miss that one?
1: i I don't know, but it's circled on my calendar for sure. That's a a rematch of the final four yeah, semi um, that was their semifinal game a really a really physical um, hard nosed game, so I'll be I'll be awaiting the outcome of that for sure.
0: Yeah, that is that's uh, Tuesday at stark. Um, yeah, that should be a good one and 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 a, again, you talk about um, the home field uh, Hollis obviously being a turf team. Uh, trying to go up there to play on the grass at Stark. Um, that's uh, no no easy task.
1: No, but I mean, hopefully this early in the season, Stark's field's in pretty good shape. It hasn't gotten beat up too much just yet. And, so and
0: Interesting early schedule for them, too. Um, they play Tuesday for John Stark. They play Tuesday, uh, and then they don't play again until September 6th, uh, so they go eight days without a game.
1: Yeah, interesting uh, and
0: they host Goffstown on the 6th. So that's um I guess everybody has kind of a, a week built into their schedule that's maybe a little bit lighter and that that's just an odd odd time to have it uh, the first week of the season.
1: Yeah, I think ever since that that Friday uh or the start time got pushed back to this last Friday, every team pretty much has a week where they only have one game in it. Uh, but you're right, like it's it's odd that it's the first week of the season.
0: Right, right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Any, uh, any final thoughts before we, uh, wrap up for this week?
1: No, I'm just, I'm super excited for the season to get rolling. Um, and yeah, let's play some field hockey.
0: All right, let's do it. All right. Well, uh, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we will be back. Like I said, next week, um, we'll be on, the show will be posted on Tuesday, uh, because of the holiday. We want to give everybody, uh, uh, you know, and and we would probably like to enjoy a little bit more of the weekend as well. So give everybody a little bit of a break there. Uh, you don't have to, you know, run back from whatever you're doing to listen to the podcast. Um, but I'm already looking forward to it. Uh, Kelly, thanks again for for joining me and for doing this. My pleasure. She's Kelly Braley, uh, Sauhegan, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD. I'm Joe Marcellina, and we'll talk to you next week.